Hey guys, welcome to the new episode. This episode is sponsored by Guy on a Roll. Guy on a Roll is by Frenchman's Guy out of Miss Dottie Pepper, who is a daughter of Roll the Cash. Go like his Facebook page at Guy on a Roll or contact Brett and Jill Spader for breeding information. Hey, is that better, Lauren? Yes. Awesome. Okay. Well, we'll get started then, so that way we're not here all night, if that's okay with you. Now you're kind of far away. Gosh dang it. There, that's better. Is that better? <laughs> Give it a minute to warm up. I don't know why that yeah. is. I might, yeah. I might invest in like some better recording stuff if people like this, but for now I'm just going with what's free. Yeah. So. Okay, we'll get started. All right, okay. guys, welcome to this special episode. We have trainer Lauren Stroh. From LA Performance Horses. Lauren, how are you today? I'm good. How are you guys? We're good. And I also have Blaine on with me, y'all. I kind of forgot that he was here. She always I, forgets about me. I have Blaine <laughs> co-hosting with me. Blaine hooked me up with Lauren. So um, Blaine's going to be my, my wingman for a lot of this stuff because he has so much to bring to the conversation. I don't know about that, but I'll talk. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Lauren, for taking the time to talk with yes, us. Yes, thanks for so, having me. Go ahead and introduce yourself to the folks listening and, and tell them where you're at and what you do. Um, I'm Lauren Strau. I live in Northwest Missouri and I train horses. I have started a lot of colts, but I really kind of am trying to turn it to just riding barrel horses. I've got some fraternity colts of my own. And yeah, I actually got one of my colts from Blaine and he's doing really well, hoping to get him ready for next year and just... Yeah, just, I really want to help as many people as I can. Like, I really am passionate about helping people, like, with their horsemanship and just and just making it, like, a fun community, too. Sometimes I think we just get really focused on that big win, and I think we just need to have fun and enjoy the journey. So, yeah. You sound like a very positive person, Lauren, and especially from what I've heard uh, about you from Blaine and... That's, I agree, you know, make this a fun, positive community. Um, tell us a little bit about how you got started training horses. I have actually trained horses since I was a little girl. Like, I had two older sisters. They would take, like, a few colts during the summer, and somehow I kind of got conned into putting the first rides on them. So <laughs> I have actually been putting first rides on colts since I was a girl. And just, you know, we just always trained our own horses. You know, we didn't really have anything fancy we kind of just played around and just showed horses and you know we didn't know that we didn't know I guess kind of a deal we just had fun and just learned along the way so sounds like you might have been the crash test dummy for your older sister (laughs) no wonder you're trying to get away from that (laughs) (laughs) yeah I yeah God was definitely looking over me more than once because he spared me for sure (laughs) I bet I bet Awesome. So tell us a little bit about what's in your barn currently and um, kind of what a day looks like for you with what you have going on down there right now. Down um, there, up there, wherever you are. <laughs> I have my own horses. Um, I've got some colts for this year, so hopefully we can start barrel racing again so I can haul them and have some colts for next year. And I've just got some outside horses. Um, most of them are to, you know, tune on and get on the pattern and just get more broke. So I just, I do chores in the morning and literally ride all day and do chores at night. And that's my day. <laughs> yeah. How many are you riding a day? I usually ride around at least 12 a day. 
Yeah, that's a that's a packed day. Yeah, (laughs) it is. Yeah, and you know I'm pretty blessed with the horses I have though. They all want to work, and you know if it goes pretty smooth, you know you can knock them out by afternoon. It just kind of depends on how the day goes. So it's always when you get that rebel child that you can't give up on, and you're an hour and a half, and you're like, "Well, crap! This just threw everything off." Yes, (laughs) I think that a big key with riding multiple horses, or even if you're just riding a couple is just to really like have purpose, you know, just know what you're going to do with them that day. And when you reach that goal, just, right. just be done with it. So, and sometimes it's the smallest amount of a goal. That's the biggest mm-hmm. in the end. Yeah. But yep. Just end on a good note and just take a little bit each day. And yeah. Yeah. I only have one to ride, but sometimes I think I get, Oh, well I accomplished that. So let me move on to the next thing. And I'm trying to adapt that that method from from you pros out there that ride multiple a day because I get a little carried away yeah I used to kind of be like that too and I really had to start reminding myself that like you know they can only take especially the babies they can only take so much at a time so do you have a favorite out of what you have right now like I'm sure it changes weekly but do you have a favorite (laughs) to ride right now (laughs) you know I actually really don't like they all just have like their own strengths And so, you know, like I'll get on this horse and I'm like, man, she's cool, man, he's cool. Like you just get on all of them. Mm -hmm. They all have something to offer. So I really don't. So tell us a little bit about what your program's like, um, you know, what someone can expect if they sent you a a two or three year old or whatever it may be. I guess let's start from one that's already riding and one that's ready to be trained and patterned. What does that look like for you and your program? Um, You know, the first couple of rides, I kind of just been like, getting to know the horse a little bit kind of finding the areas that I want to see them be better at and I just really focus on getting them riding broke you know broken the face broken the body and just listening and you know if they're here to run you know to start on the pattern then we'll start like just some basic drills getting them loping straight lines and you know small circles and then we'll eventually go up to the pattern and I also do a lot of outside riding on them as well. Yeah. Do you have any favorite things, Lauren, to do with them when you are trying to get those body parts kind of separated and isolated and broke apart? Is there anything that, I mean, I know it's kind of hard to explain, but is there anything that you really like to do that, that really brings progress to that? Um, I like to, you know, lope a lot of, you know, straight lines and squares and, and, you know, mix in the circles and just make sure that, you know, they have those basics. They take their leads, they stop they give their face, um, you know, move off your leg and just, um, you know, anything I ask them to do, I want them to make a full attempt, you know, to do it to the best of their ability. Yeah. You know, one thing as barrel racers, I think that we don't think about as much is the squares Mm -hmm. and riding our horses as straight. I mean, we think about it when we're like heading to the second barrel, we got to get them over there. Mm-hmm. But when we're just riding out in the field, I think that we sometimes forget we focus on loping these pretty circles, yep. which I think are great. But sometimes we need them to know how to get to a point. Yes, I agree. And I was actually got from Blaine Bacardi. I was loping him like last week, like across the field. And man, he was just like leaning on the left side, just leaning. And I was like, Yep, this is why I need to just be loping straight lines. Yep. <laughs> so we've been, you know, doing that a lot. And yeah, you to me, you can almost tell how broke a horse is more from loping a straight line than loping a circle. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was working. This, I took a lesson with a gal and 
she taught me, you know, the whole let's start working on squares more than working on circles. So I've really been working on that. And I 100% agree with that. I mean, that's when you get to the speed and if you can't get a straight line and that's where you know you need to start. Yes, for sure. What kind of, uh, there was a, someone asked a question about how you progress them through the bits. What kind of headgear and stuff are you usually working with on these um, younger guys that you're getting going? Um, you know, if it's like a two-year-old, I may, if they aren't broke, obviously I use a snaffle bit, but I don't use a snaffle for very long. I just don't feel like it fits my hands. Um, I don't want to have to like pull on one or crank on one. So I want the bit to do some of the work for me, I guess, if that makes sense. Um, like a basic junior cow horse is kind of what I move them up to. And then I just kind of go from there based on how they ride. Um, I like ports. They seem to, you know, cause I think a bit partially goes to what fits your hands too. So ports, I have, um, a Carrie Kelly that I really like and, um, which mouthpiece did you get? The Hemi with the donut. Yep. That's, that's my favorite. Yeah, I love that bit. And then like, yep, it's my favorite. <laughs> and then a Mike Beers port, a Mike Beers short shank port. And really the only feel that I felt different with that than the Carrie Kelly is just the, the it's just a solid shank. So there's no, right, the, there's no, the Carrie Kelly has a little backwards. Yeah. Shank, so. Yeah. And that's just the only difference is some horses seem like they kind of get a little, they might fling their head a little bit when they feel that. Um, so just this, you know, the Mike Beers has just the straight shank and some horses I feel like just kind of stay broke better with that. But yeah. So I don't have like a ton of bits. I try to keep it to, you know, a select few that I like. So. Yeah. You sound like you're pretty simple and you rely a lot on your horsemanship. I'm, I'm kind of picking that up from you. And it's not about the bits sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes. I have a hundred bits, but I only use five. Yeah. Well, that's kind of me. But too. I, I have them all there. <laughs> quite a few, but I just don't use them all. And I don't, I guess exactly. I, just, I keep them because you just never know. Yeah, I yeah. can't. I can't sell anything because I'm like, oh, I'll, maybe I'll sell that, and then I go in there and I look at it, and I'm like, but what if I need it one yeah. day? <laughs> yeah. Well, and it's cheaper to have it there than to need it for one horse, especially with people like y'all who have outside horses coming in and stuff, and then to have to go find it. Yes. So. Yes. Yeah. So I have a question for both you and Blaine, and this is a personal question for me. Um. So I was listening to another podcast. It's a great podcast if you guys are interested and don't know what it is. It's the Married with Horses with Jackie Ontville and her husband. And they had Joy Wargo on. And they were talking about the difference between discipline, but then you're not wanting to make them fearful of you. How do you guys walk that thin line with these horses? Of making sure you get that discipline, you're getting the reactions you want, but you're not putting fear into them and making them fearful of you. You can go first. <laughs> well, like me, I think, um, you know, if I've got like, a, you know, I've got some stud horses, like if he, if one of them bites me, I'm going to pop them on the nose and then I'm going to walk. I'm just going to keep about my day. I think that it's important to address the issue and then stop, like just be super aggressive about it. Just address it and then go on like it never happened. Um, you know, and just when they do good, reward them, you know, just let them know that there is good too. So, yeah, <laughs> I hope that answers yeah. it. 
No, and I know that's a hard one, and that's kind of what I gathered from them, but that's just something that I feel like I've struggled with myself and the couple horses that I have had, and it's something that I feel like if I could figure out that fine line, I think. I well, I think it's important to not act with emotions, maybe. You know, yeah. like, sometimes we get really upset, and so we act out more than what we would have normally if you just address it for what it is instead of acting in emotion I think that helps a lot too do you guys think that it's easier when it's not your horse to take the emotion out of it or is it all the same still it doesn't matter it doesn't matter to you because it's all the same I still need the same end effect and to kind of flip your question around um I think of things like on the pattern like when I have a horse stepping off or people exhibitioning is a better uh, example. And when that horse doesn't finish the first barrel and they go on in their exhibition or and it blows off, like, why don't you lope back around it? That's why you bought an exhibition. To me, like, that's yes. the same thing. Discipline. Yeah. Like, just fix it. Yeah. You know, yeah. like, you're wasting your $5. I agree with that. Like, practice yeah. is practice. So, so use it as practice. Like, fix- exactly. Yeah. So I kind of feel like yeah. that goes hand in hand yes. with the discipline. Yeah. But it doesn't mean that, yeah. you know, you had to make a big deal about it. You just say, hey, I need right. to eat right here. You lope them back around and then you go on. Yeah. Like I didn't have to set you in the ground, come back here, you know, just go on. You may, I mean, I may lope around it three times and they get it right and I go on. You don't have to make a big deal like right. that. Yeah. That makes sense. Yep. That, that question, I just, that's something that I've been trying to figure out for myself. Um, Cause I think I've kind of got on the one out of emotion more than, not and so I'm trying to fix that in me so I can see that change in my my animal that was one for me um let's talk let's put those Facebook questions real quick Lauren sorry I'm a little slow right now what are some of your favorite drills you work on and how often um I learned a four barrel drill from Ashley Schaefer um um, you know, you just set the four barrels up like in a square and, you know, you lope all rights and all lefts and that, you know, allows you to be able to lope those straight lines from barrel to barrel. Um, the reason I really like it is there's just a lot of variations, you know, if I need to lope them up there past the barrel, you know, if I kind of need to roll them off the barrel or just, you know, whatever you want to do, there's just a lot of variations you can do from it. Um, as far as how often, I think it kind of depends on the horse. If I have one that's working really well, I don't want to like overdo it. So maybe just a couple days a week. If I have one that's really struggling, maybe I would do it something like that more just till we get it right and consistent. But a few days a week, I'd say. So then I, well, there was someone else that asked about, um, I know that you're very into fitness. Um, how do you balance all that with your horses and eating right and everything well I mean I do incorporate um recently I've been in slitzers into my (laughs) restroom all right well cheers so you just drink a lot of those no I'm kidding but kind of (laughs) no I think like um I think like taking your food is really important I know when I don't like take some food with me I'm that's when I eat the worst like you know, if I go to a barrel race, I'm not saying I won't stop somewhere on the way home. You know, you're there all day or if you're riding all day, I just think it's important to take some food with you. That way you're not constantly just eating junk. Um, 
and you know drinking lots of water and yeah not only from the health perspective but that's one kind of goal that i've set for myself when i do get going with this one horse even if i'm just going and uh, exhibitioning and, and spending a good amount of my day at the barrel race taking a cooler with me for the financial part yes. of it too you know this is my hobby and um you can stop a lot of money from rolling out and that that's I'm glad you said that because that's one of the goals I've set for myself is to pack a sandwich and a water and not be buying it at the concession or on the way yes. home yeah and you know just taking vitamins like I think vitamins are really important um just for overall health um and you know you can drink like drinking greens is good if you're not um eating enough vegetables and just you know, usually like horse people, I feel like we stay really active, but if you feel like there's a couple days where maybe you're not riding as many or something, then, you know, make sure you're doing some other activity like lifting weights or going for a walk or something like that. Yeah. Was there any other questions? Yeah. Um, I know that you ride in a burn saddle. Do you want to talk about that? You know, I really like burn saddles. Um, the reason is, is I just really feel like they fit really, really well. Like I've never rode in a saddle that fit my horse and fit me, I guess, that well. Um, Je- uh, Jessica Livengood has been doing my fittings for me and she's, you know, she completely breaks it down. And I think that's why I like it so much too, is she can tell me exactly, you know, where my horse might be a little funny um, and why this tree is going to fit and you know, she just does a really good job and she's really knowledgeable. How many trees do you have? I have 120 and 130. And and do those, do those fit most of the horses? Yes, some of the two-year-olds, if they're really narrow, um, both of them, even the, you know, the 20 will be a little big. But really all my horses, all my personal horses are pretty big backed. So, um I know the one you got yes. from me is. <laughs> yes. So really, until I started using a Burns, I was just really having a hard time finding saddles that were big enough. So, yeah. Yeah. I think that horses are taken so well care of nowadays that we do need Yes. I, it kind of blows my mind how big-backed some of these horses are. And I don't know if it's also like, you know, the breedings, like we're just crossing a lot mm-hmm. more horses of they're just getting a little, you know, heavier made or but yeah. Right. Out of all the horses you have in there right now, do you have a favorite um, out of your personal horses as far as who you're going to plan on running in the future? Is there a, is there someone leading the pack right now? You know, there's just, there's not. I just think that they're all really cool and they all have, um, you know, strengths. And I just, I just want to be able to you know, do them justice as best as I can. I just, and I try not to be biased, I guess, because, you know, they might all peak at different times. So if one is doing really well and one isn't, I don't, you know, want to have any hard feelings towards that horse. Cause you know, that horse may end up being the best. It might just take longer. So. That's how I feel about some people who say like, well, you know, why is, you know, one of the top maturity trainers selling her, maturity horse this year and it's like well you know of, of 10 and it's like well maybe that one it just didn't make it it doesn't mean that she didn't make you know think that the horse right was something but it may be a seven-year-old before right and I think like that. you know those girls they ride so many horses that they kind of have to pick through the ones that they're going to be able to go win on right right now 
And right. yeah, it doesn't mean that that horse won't win later. So, yeah. And I, I mean, I've seen several of them do it and they just financially, they have to think what's mm-hmm. best for them and the horse. And they know that horse, you know, they're selling it because they know they're trying to do it justice. And so it'll go to a home where the person may take a little longer yes, to get it going. I agree. Lauren, do you have any, I don't want to say any aspirations, like if you had that one horse that could take you places, would you ever try and rodeo? You know, I would love to rodeo. Um, I just definitely, if, you know, I get that horse, I don't want to do it until I have that horse, I guess, because it is expensive and, you know, um, it's just, yeah, it's just a matter of having that horse and being able to have the funds, I guess, to go and yeah. Right. Yeah. Do you kind of keep your eye out for that horse, or is it just if it happens, it happens? Yeah, I mean, I constantly want colts in my barn, you know, and I think that's how you're going to find that horse is just by riding a lot of them, Um, because those once-in-a-lifetime horses, you know, they're they're hard to find, so you just got to keep going until you find them, I guess, so. Yeah. Me and Blaine on his episode, we're talking about bloodlines and how a lot of trainers like yourself who are riding 12 plus horses a day kind of find bloodlines that work well with them. Have you come across that yet for you or have you had enough? Yes, I found some that fit me better than others. Um, I really like the slick by designs. Um, And really, honestly, I like every on the money red horse I rode. I just, I really like the way they ride. Um, I really like my platinum bullies. I really like my colt from Blaine. Um, yeah, I just, the horses that are, I'm more of a push style gal. So the horses that are like straight run, sometimes they don't fit me. Yeah, they don't Too really much. fit me as well because I just. I want to, I want to do something up there. I don't want to. Yes, I know. I. And <laughs> it's just like, holy cow, are we going to turn the barrel or just run to the hot dog stand? Like, that's how I feel. And so then I don't feel like I ride them as well because I, you know, yeah, like Lane said, you want to do something. So, yeah, the, the on the money reds, designer reds, and now slick by design. I really, I've enjoyed riding. I've never rode a slick yet, but um, all of, I've rode about three or four of those, and every one of them, I just, mm-hmm. I loved them. Those are definitely, I wish that there was kind of more stuff, you know, like an own son of on the money red yes. out there. Um, a breed too, but I mean, whatever, yeah. <laughs> but I do yes. love them. What characteristics of them do you like? Um, sometimes they can be hard headed. <laughs> oh, well, they're perfect for you then. <laughs> uh, just the one that I had was, um, but they're yes. very gritty and they try hard and they're very turning. I could, mm. the one that I had, I could whip to the first barrel and he didn't hail it just in a hack of more. Yes. And, um, yeah, they're just, they're yeah, really cool. I agree. They're just, I don't, yeah, there's just something about them. They just comes really easy. I feel like they really, they want to work and it comes pretty easy to them. Yeah. They're very trainable. And actually, cause mine, I think he was an own son, the one that I had in to sell. And the gal was wanting like 6,500. And I was like, no, I think this horse like has more to him. And I was like, just give me a minute. And she like gave me this draw gag to run him in. And I was talking to a friend of mine that lived in Tennessee. And she was like, you need to put a Jim Warner Hackamore on him. And take him to the first barrel and stop him about five times. And don't let him turn it. And then run him right at it. And he'll turn it. And I did that. And I like won the <laughs> squirrel race on him. And I was just That's like, crazy. I was like, wow, she, kn- yep. she knows him. And um, yep. they don't, all the ones I've rode don't need much no. on their head. 
Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. That blows my mind when you can hear from people who have rode a certain pedigree for so long that they can just tell you what what that next one's mm-hmm. gonna need. That's crazy. We've got it down to a science, I'd say. For sure. Um, speaking of Blaine said hard headed, do you take um problem horses or in, in for training? You know, I usually any fix um, I'm not I mean I would I that doesn't seem to be the type of horse that I get. I usually get colts, so mm-hmm. they're kinda haven't got to that, you know, that far yet, I guess. Um, but you know, like someone like Blaine, like he's really good at it. I don't, I feel like that probably wouldn't be like my strength. Um, but yeah. And I don't like the cult. <laughs> we compliment each other well. Yeah. It's just, it just kind of, you know, just depends. It's just kind of a preference thing. I think just kind of your trainings, I guess. So, yeah. Yeah. Since we're talking about problems, is there any, I like to ask this question, is there any cork or something like that in the barn that you just won't tolerate from a horse? Blaine's was bucking, that's what he said, and I have to, well, I don't agree with that. You know, <laughs> I I you don't know. really care to be a bronc rider either. <laughs> so, yeah, bucking <laughs> and just, you know, horses that are a little aggressive, like kicking and biting and stuff, I'm not, you know, a huge fan of that. Yeah. Um, you know, just stuff yeah. like that. So, I bet your poor body's ready to call it quits on the old starting colts, especially if you've been the test dummy since you were a little kid. My my neck hurts yeah. for you. There's, I'm it's just you. I don't. I'm not <laughs> sure that a lot of people realize how much work goes into starting a colt. And you know, everybody does it differently. I do a lot of groundwork um, because I think it's good for them and for my own safety. But I, you know, I don't think people. Mm-hmm understand how much work sometimes goes into it unless you've done it I mean it's just you kind of have to be on them you know seven days a week until until they're you know riding at least doing something positive um some of them can sit for a day and you know some of them can't so it's just they're just really time consuming yeah yeah. What was what was Bacardi like? You know, starting? he you had done groundwork with him, and I could tell. I mean, you know, he already knew his basics, so that was super helpful. Um, he was honestly lazy. Like <laughs> the third. Oh yeah, I do remember you. The third him some ride, videos. I have him yeah. in my big outdoor, and I'm like flogging him and whipping him because I just want him to just want him to high <laughs> lope, you know, get his feet moving. I'm big on getting their feet moving right away. So once I and it's in it. It's interesting to me because, you know, I bought his mom blown up, fixed her. So it's interesting to see what her babies mm-hmm. are like and everything. And yeah. um, since I only bred to two studs, like what he's like compared to the other two, I only rode one of the other two. And he was honestly <laughs> a dick, but that's why we're here now. <laughs> and he got me off like a couple times and I was higher than the fence. So I was not a bronc rider. Well, luckily, McCarty was, he didn't have any buck or anything. He just... You know, he just wanted to enjoy the day. And I was like, no, we, we need to do something before you go enjoy the day. But once he sounds, he sounds more like his yeah. dad than his mom. But once I got his feet moving, you know, it, he, it was a lot better. Just had to get him high open, realize he could move his feet and then he was better. So. Right. Lauren, you said you like to get their feet moving pretty quickly in the training process. What's your theory behind that? To me, the most dangerous horse is a sticky horse. And I think that there's, you know, 
you know, some colts are kind of sticky because they just don't have a lot of stamina um, if they're little or maybe they just don't have it yet. But, you know, a sticky horse that just doesn't want to go and has time to think, to me, those are the most dangerous ones. So if I can get their feet moving and, and, you know, like my thought too is like if I'm on a colt that's never loped before and they spook and they take off loping or running, well, they've never like felt you on them at a lope so then that could even Uh like add to them getting scared and so to me that just makes it kind of more dangerous that's my theory on it and you know you can wear them down quicker and you know get them paying attention to you and yeah that makes a lot of sense i've never thought about that but that's very which i'm not a cult starter so (laughs) but i i like that theory a lot yeah i just you know uh a hip that's moving and driving and sit you know you're rolling it around putting it in the ground to me that's a horse that's less likely to buck because their hip is doing something constructive I guess is kind of I guess my thought on it so that makes a whole lot of sense yeah um so I have a random question that just popped in my head you kind of you're kind of someone who just you said you kind of got like nothing special horses to start with who were kind of the people that you looked up to when you started getting serious about making this your career and starting these folks? Like, who are the people that you went to to get your information, I guess? As, on, as, as a kid, I had an aunt, um, Lucy, that she always trained horses and ran barrels, and I just looked up to her a lot. And then as I got older, um, I had a mare that I was really struggling with, and I finally like set my pride aside because that's kind of what was happening. I was being prideful and asking for help. And so I put my pride aside and I went and had my first lesson with Chrissy Durfee. And that was like life changing because I just finally realized that like, I, you just, you can't do it alone. You know, you need people to help you. You need people to advance you. And, you know, just kind of went on from there. And, you know, since then I've, that you know every year I'm going to go ride with a couple people that I really look up to so I've gotten to ride with Ron Rawls and Ashley Schaefer and Joy Wargo and it's just it's been like you know life-changing because it's just a little and it's another piece to the puzzle so I just that's I just think going and riding with people and making those connections is really beneficial no matter what your program is and the friendship that you and Christy mm-hmm. has developed yeah, too, and I think, over it all. Yeah, I just yeah. think that when you don't reach out, you're just cheating yourself on so many aspects. Because then, you know, like I met, you know, me and Christy are friends. And then, you know, she introduced me. You know, she took me to Africa when I rode with her for the first time. So it's just like, it's just like connection after connection, you know. Absolutely. Yeah. And to me, when you, when you think you know it all and, and you're you just want to use your methods like you're stuck there's there's no more advancement for that person who thinks that way so just reaching out like you said a lot of people are going to set their pride aside but there's so yes much to i learn agree from other people no matter even even the non-pros you know just someone maybe the big fish in your pond wherever you are just getting with them and learning from and them. i think That's you know whether you're having problems or maybe you've been placing pretty consistently in the 1D, I still think it's important to ask for help because, you know, there might be one little piece of the puzzle that's going to keep you from qualifying for the American. 
You know what I mean? Like you might be winning the local right. pot, but another piece of that puzzle might get you to the American or something like that. You know. I I re- I remember it was several years ago when I was talking with Ivy Hurst and she was helping Brittany with Mona and it was down in Waco and that's that it was that that elite race where Brittany ran Mona and she ran like a 14-6 in there and was like close to the arena record and it was because Ivy <laughs> helped her work in her and I just think that's great that you have this world champion on a winning paturity horse that asked for help yeah she wasn't working right but that's why mm-hmm. Brittany is Brittany and I feel like everyone should be that open for suggestions and everything. Cause I mean, look I agree. at the effect I, that it had. Yeah. You know, and like Ashley, she was talking, you know, she goes and rides with Jolene and, and joy and like, they all ride together to bounce ideas off each other. And it's just like, wow, you know that it all, it does. It makes sense. And I, I know that um, I was talking to Kyler Turlip the other day and, she said, you know, me and her were talking that she likes to ride with people because she feels mm-hmm. like it keeps her accountable. Mm-hmm. And um, I totally agree. Like when I'm when I'm riding by myself, like it clears my head. But when I'm riding in front of people, I'm like, OK, I have to do this right. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's just that it's not really pressure, but it's just like yep. accountability. And that's, I like it. It's just, it helps you, I think. And that's why those girls in Texas, I think, are so strong is because they're all right down the road from each other and they can bounce. Yep, I agree. Yeah. So one question that I've been meaning to ask people when they come on, because you have this successful training program and it's something you're making a living at, right, Lauren? So... If you weren't doing this, what in the heck would you be doing? I know that's probably hard to wrap your mind around, but could you see yourself doing um, anything else? I think I would be like a professional, like beach sunbather. No. <laughs> 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 um, <laughs> yes, with the Bud Light seltzers. Um, you know, I really don't know. I honestly don't know. I mean, I really like helping people, so I guess you know maybe something with that. Um. I guess I have some visions of maybe helping kids, um, doing some group work with kids. I think that would be really cool someday. So maybe something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I never thought I'd be where I am, but <laughs> well, I Well, you know, break. that's what's cool about the journey <laughs> is you really, you can make all these plans you want, but you really don't know. So you just kind of have to embrace it. Absolutely. So. <laughs> That's just, that's like Scooter coming back to me. I would have never thought that would happen. So, I mean, it's all, it's all in the plan. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. I don't know why. I just Mm -hmm. think that's a fun question to ask. And like, cause a lot of people, you know, some of them, that's all they've ever done, but they still went to college and they still have something to fall back on. And it's just, it's interesting because when we get to know these people throughout, I'm just going to say the horse game, because I don't know how to say it, but in this hobby that we have or the careers that we all have, it's like all we know is that person is in to barrel racing horses, but there's so many other things to learn. It's hard, it's hard to, we lose track that we're all people and we also have families and other things, you know, other aspects of our lives. So that's why I asked that. But. Do you have any favorite products or therapies that you really would recommend to folks, Lauren, as far as keeping horses comfortable and, and moving? Um, you know, I like back on tracks. I get my 
horses lasered by Stormy Millen with um, Whole Quest laser therapy. Um, I think I think her laser therapy has been really, really good. Um, you know, she can tell you if your horse is sore somewhere. So maybe if you hadn't felt it while riding, it kind of gives you a heads up. Um, draw it out. I really like to put draw it out on their hawks and stifles and joints and stuff. So, and, you know, I think like lameness exams in general, like even if you don't necessarily think that there's something specific going on with your horse, I think getting, you know, lameness exams um, just to make sure so you can, you know, fix a problem before it turns into a big problem. Um, you know, having a vet that you trust mm-hmm. to do a lameness exam, I think is really important. What kind of laser is that that she uses? I don't know the exact name of it. I know I probably should, but I don't. I just, you know, I just let her do her thing. (laughs) Yes. You know it works. No, I'm just curious because I I like like hearing all that stuff. And it's like there's a million different ones out there. And and everyone's really knowledgeable and opening to answering any questions. So definitely... What's that um, Facebook page it's called? It's Quest Cold Laser Therapy. Okay. She's cool. in Oregon, Missouri, she but I think she does do some traveling. Okay. So, like, if she had a group of horses or something, I think that she would travel. Well, she's got two here in Kansas <laughs> that are crippled. Um, one's mine and one's She blind. is your girl. So she has actually, I had a horse last year that um, put her leg through a fence and you know, tore it up pretty good and using that laser on it, that sucker healed and you can hardly even see the scar. And I had vets tell me that like it, the scar would be really ugly. She may have sounded. And after using that laser on it for like two weeks straight, it looks amazing. It's, it actually blows my mind. It's really cool. That's cool. I love hearing all the different products and things out there that work for people because i mean it's just everything's so yes yeah. now it's like it's endless you know horses are horses are sound and running that you know 10 years ago may not have yes been, for or, sure you know it's just crazy i don't know what the laser is that my vet uses but they have one mm-hmm. and i always liked it because when i got scooter he had neck problems i just and think it really I- solved a lot I know that's how I, I am. I'm like, that's their job. I just love to do it. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, just run I just the think laser like over preventative it. stuff like, like that's really important because it keeps from actual issues maybe happening, you know, and you know, right. Do you use a yes? I do. I believe in chiropractic as well. Um, you know, acupuncture. Yeah, if that's needed. Um, a good farrier is really key too, and yeah. Yep, yep. The chiropractor's been life changing for me. I, and it's funny because, you know, you say that because, you know, maybe like the older cowboy type, yeah. they think you're just crazy. And it's like, no, you have, you have no idea. Well, and when our sport comes yes. down to hundreds and tens, mm-hmm. right. I'm going to yeah. do everything possible. <laughs> and speaking of those bogus things, do you have any, have you ever used like the horse sidekick or anything like that or no own of anybody that has? Because that's something that's always blown my mind, but I haven't. I'm not going to make that call yet, but that's just so crazy to me, too, that, that that's, we'll do anything to win. So we have oh, like, the, out like here. the ponies? Oh. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I don't, I've never had one, so, so um, or whatever. But, 
Yeah, I mean, I, you have. I have. Was it a pony? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it just blows my... No, it was... Um... It was like a gal that read them, and she told me oh. that Biddy aborted her pole because she didn't want to be pregnant, but she didn't. She just wanted to run barrels, and I was like, girl, your leg ain't, ain't <laughs> you can't run. <laughs> but just, yeah, it was very interesting, and she told me things that, like, she couldn't know, and only my horse knew, <laughs> so it was interesting. The lengths that we will go to be close yes. with these animals and make them win. <laughs> It's cool. All right, Lauren. Well, my last question, Blaine, do you have anything? Do you have any sponsors or anyone that you, you need to show um, some love to? I on use here Equine Natural Care Herbs. And I mean, I'm a big herb person because I feel like it's more natural. Um, so, yeah, them. And mm-hmm. then, of course, Stormy, my laser girl, she rocks. So, those are probably my two main people. Rob Henderson, he's my farrier. He does. Um, a really good job and I appreciate all his hard work so and do you take horses year yes, round Lauren, ma'am, I do I have an indoor that. it's not full size but it is big yeah. enough to get stuff done so yeah keep you moving yes <laughs> I take it I think it's perfect I'm not complaining <laughs> so you guys can... I said I'm I definitely go ahead I'm sorry about it not being full size I rode out in a pasture my entire <laughs> childhood so I'm happy to have it <laughs> I bet I bet the things that you appreciate when you when you finally get there in life you know well guys you can find hey thanks for listening guys I do want to take a minute to apologize for some of the audio issues that I've been having I'm looking at trying to figure out why that's happening and fixing it I do apologize and thanks for bearing with me and listening to the episode. I hope it doesn't affect getting through the the episode and hearing the information that the guest has to share. Thanks. Have a great day.